0: It's been a long hiatus. It's been a bit of a break, a bit of a sabbatical, I'd say. Time to refresh and recharge the old batteries with regards to gaming news and the gaming industry. But as I understand it, there's a friend of the show that made mention of this podcast on a panel. So if you are joining because of that panel, then welcome. Welcome to the community that talks about gaming news in under 10 minutes. And I'm looking forward to getting back into it again. Now, I do know that because we've been out for give or take four weeks, There's been a lot of gaming news in the interim that I might have missed, so I'm going to hit the big notes that I know of at least, and then get stuck into some fun little things. So, without further ado, this is your transfer from the 25th of July 2022, and these are the news stories that you need to know. There are two big game announcements that we need to take note of, the first being Bayonetta 3. It was first announced in December 2017, and it's been very quiet on the development front with regards to progress. But now we know that there's going to be a date where it comes to Switch on October 28th. I'm sure there is a lot more to say about the quiet release and the development behind this game and why it took so long, but they are pleased to say that there's going to be a release of a mode called Naive Angel Mode, which is going to protect those who like to play with their family from the otherwise illicit material that Bayonetta can sometimes represent. If you've ever seen the game, you'll know that she doesn't actually wear clothes. She converts her hair to her clothes, but also uses that hair as a way to attack monsters. So you can imagine there's going to be, well, not hardcore nudity. There's opportunities for nude-like behavior. Anyway, it's making me as uncomfortable as it would other people in the room. So you can use that naive angel mode to try and mitigate that a little bit. But if you're a Bayonetta fan, Bayonetta 3 will launch on the 28th of October. Earlier this month, God of War Ragnarok finally got a release date and a small trailer, and there's been a number of smaller little releases like the Collector's Edition announcements and things like that. Now, the date of release will be November 9th of this year. If you've been anticipating God of War Ragnarok just like I have, then that will excite you. Of course, my original prediction of August has been proven wrong, but the fact that we have a date is just makes me happy. It does. What doesn't make me happy is the way that fans have chosen to show their dismay before this date was announced by sending rude messages, pornography, demands of the development team, in addition to Corey Barlog, who was running the development of this game. And they have consistently come out and said that that behavior is just not on. So I'm here to say too, that if that's something that you participate in or that you know people that do. Tell them that it's not worth it. The development of a game should take its own time to be done well, and if fans are being toxic just because they don't have it exactly when they want to have it, they can't have it both ways. So spread the positive message, as well as the positive news that God of War Ragnarok will be here in November. Not a massive bit of news, but Sony has finally completed its $3.7 billion deal to acquire Bungie and welcome it into the PlayStation family. This has been on the cards for a little while, It came shortly after the Activision Blizzard acquisition by Microsoft and Sony PlayStation fans are going to be very keen to see how they can contribute and how they can take advantage of this uh, incredible studio joining such an incredible team. This is a canary in the coal mine for other acquisitions as well to know that this acquisition for the price that it was was complete without much interruption by the SEC or by any other governing body in the US that could Put a stop to these kinds of, in inverted quotes, monopolising behaviours in the gaming industry, it could bode well for Microsoft and their acquisition as well. But we'll just have to wait and see. Bungie makes even more headlines as it lines up a lawsuit against a known and renowned Destiny 2 cheater who has threatened employees on the development team consistently over time. It's been alleged that he has evaded 13 account bans He's told the company on Twitter to keep your doors locked. He has also moved within the U S to a location where a Bungie studio is actually located. This Luca Leone is not your bog standard gaming tweaker. This guy has been consistently making Bungie's life difficult in destiny two, and has also been making money off this by streaming this content. So it makes sense that Bungie as a developer would take this as the final straw and try to make an example of this kid. As far as I can tell, Bungie is asking for $7.6 million in the lawsuit, and this accounts for every breaking of the terms of service and use of cheating software. Multiple counts. So, we're going to have to see how this lawsuit goes. I'd say they settle out of court on this front but hopefully it will set an example for anyone else who's looking to do similar types of things with other game developers in future. The gaming world has been very resistant to NFTs of late. In fact, for the past year, I'd say, and Minecraft has had the last word, at least in their own space. Mojang, the original developer of Minecraft now owned by Microsoft has put in a new policy saying that NFTs are not welcome in their game. This is welcome news from gamers who do use Minecraft and would expect something like this to come along, especially as Minecraft entertains a metaverse style concept that other players would be keen to utilize for that function. NFT Worlds is one of these places that sells blocks of land on a Minecraft server using cryptocurrency and includes a bunch of other games and community driven platforms for play to earn gaming. Now they are a bit hurt by this, so they're just going to up and create their own game so they can continue doing their NFT cryptocurrency stuff in the gaming world. But again, this is a very swift move by a company with a massive player base over a large number of years. And Minecraft is a gaming staple like Fortnite, which everybody knows about. And for them to take a stance like this against blockchain in games can set the standard for everyone else. I'm still of the opinion that there is a place for blockchain in gaming, but it has to be done right, which it hasn't been for a good long while now. A quick public service announcement for people feeling the heat in the US and other countries this summer. Valve is warning players that the Steam Deck might get throttled if you're in temperatures exceeding 35 degrees Celsius. The device has thermal limits that will slow itself down or simply shut off to preserve the internal architecture of the device. So if you do see that kind of behavior then don't panic it's not broken but also maybe stop yourself from playing if it gets too hot outside or find a nice cool place to, to play the awesome mobile device that's taking the nation by storm it unfortunately hasn't hit australia yet but once it does it's something us aussies will have to keep in mind in our summer months as well and lastly on a bit of a funny note there is a game that has made its way to steam called Refund Me If You Can, which challenges a player to beat it in under two hours, which, of course, if you're a PC gamer, you'd know that two hours is the automatic refund window for any game that you buy and play for under two hours. The challenge is in the name. It's asking you to beat the game before you can lose your opportunity to refund it, and it seems to be built like a maze in a sewer while you're being chased by a monster. There seems to be a way to figure out an escape, a puzzle. Maybe it's something to do with The Pursuit, I haven't played it yet, but I will be jumping on it just to see what all the hype is about, especially considering most of the conversation around the Steam refund window is developers losing money because their game is so easily playable under that window. Here it seems like the developer is trying to tease the window a little bit, and it puts us in a bit of an ethical dilemma If we can beat it under two hours, do we still get the refund? Or do we make sure that the developer has their due for making an exceedingly interesting challenge? This kind of meta-narrative of games is really interesting. One of the more cool parts. So if you're keen to check it out yourself, I'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes. And that was the gaming industry news that you need to know. This is your first episode. Welcome to the Dead Drop community. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more follow the Instagram or follow me on Twitter at mathblisspod. For more news on games and other stuff, join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news, and make sure to tell your friends about the dead drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days.